0: 2 Corinthians chapter 5 And verse 14 I'm talking about what I call compelled by love Compelled by love 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Maybe we'll read from verse 13 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Let's start from 13 The Bible says For if we are beside ourselves It is for God Or if we are of sound mind It is for you For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. Compelled by love. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody has a motivation. Everybody has something that is moving them. Everybody has something that is pushing them everybody has something that is a driver that is why they do things. Even though sometimes we we don't say our why all the time, but there is a why. There is a reason. There is a motivation. There is something that pushes men. And until you... Ask yourself, why, what is moving me? Why do I do what I do? Why do I move the way I move? What is my end goal? What is the thing that I'm driving for? And many times, some of us, the answer will shock you. Uh, If you you are very careful with God and you are not in a hurry to answer that question, you will find out that the answer will shock you. There are sometimes even the pursuit of God is not for God. It's for something else. Even when people come to the house of God, it's not for God, it's for something else. There is an ulterior motive. And one of the challenges of 2024 is that we are very transactional in our dealings, even with God. There is a transaction, there is a give me, or there is a I show up and you do. Or there is a I rub your back and you rub my back. There is a tit for tat kind of dimension uh, with our relationships. And even the relationship we have with God. So, everybody is driven. There is a motivation. There is something that is moving you. Sometimes, you know, in in, in a marriage situation, they will tell you that uh, if you are looking for something at night, you start in the morning. Amen? Okay. I think I'm alone in this uh, Baptist church this morning (laughs) because everything is just quiet. But if you are looking for something in the evening, they say you start from the morning and then you start sowing seed. And then you start so saying, uh, "I think we watched the, this kid the other day." And then the guy was very, very nice to the wife. And then he said, and the wife said, "Thank you." He said, ah, "Is he only thank you? <laughs> it has to be thank you with something." And many people are like that when it even comes to God. Is he only thank you? Ah, it has to be thank you and some, some more. So you and I need to keep asking ourselves: What motivates us? What is driving us? Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, there is a bigger thing to drive your life than whatever you are making it to drive your life now. There are some people, what is driving their life is that I must succeed. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you the truth. If your success is a destination, if your success is the motivation, you may get into all kinds of things. There are people, it is because I want to succeed or I have to show them. You know, pepper them gang. I have to show them. I have to show them that I have arrived. If that is your motivation, you will do all kinds of stuff. And sometimes you will assume and think that some of those kind of things don't happen among people that are named after Christ. But it does. There are many motivations. I mean, and I don't mean that you should be, you know, uh, uh, live your life in such a way that you don't have motivations that are uh, somewhatly human, you know, I, I don't want to say kind of, but somewhatly human. There's, no, there's nothing wrong necessarily in that, but beyond some of those subtle motivations, you need a bigger motivation your biggest motivation must not be material things for example your biggest motivation must not even be success as good as success is, it was god that was telling joshua in joshua chapter one verse eight he says this book of the law will not depart out of your mouth he says you meditate in it day and night he says then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success so god likes success god is not against success but god is saying there is good success The reason why there is good success is because there is bad success. There is a success that you will have succeeded, but you still failed. There is a success that you will get, but you didn't get success. It's failure. You got the degree, but you lost something else. There are too many of us in the pursuit of uh, happiness. We are trading too many things. We are trading eternal things. We are trading the things that we should not trade. We are trading in for those things. And sometimes you need to ask yourself, what is the cost of this success? Sometimes the cost is not just I went to school. Sometimes it's not, the cost is not just I didn't sleep at night. Sometimes the cost is also that I'm no longer, no longer a Christian. Sometimes the cost is that I don't even know the Christ that I believe in again. Sometimes the cost is that I speak like I'm part of them, but I'm not really part of them. Because there is lip service Christianity. But the real Christianity is at service. Uh, He says, these people worship me with their lips. He said, but their heart is far from me. So this morning, I'm still asking you the question. What is motivating you? What is driving you? You need to ask yourself that question. Every now and then, ask yourself the question. Why do I do what I do? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What, What am I really looking for? What is my motivation? The reason why sometimes people are easily offended is because their motivation is different. The the, the motivation you think they have is not the motivation they have. Oh, I've been in that church by now, I should be holding the mic. That's your motivation. Oh, I have been in that department, but I'm not the one that does this, I'm not the one that does that. That's your motivation. And if that is your motivation, it can lead to every evil work. If God is your motivation, God knows how to work things. I have seen God uh, do for people who were chasing him. What other people were chasing, he did it for them. It was God that was the motivation of David. (laughs) And When you read things like, the Lord is my shepherd. When you read that kind of thing, the first thing people will see is that I shall not want. But you don't understand that he's saying, I don't have a life. You know, when you read the Lord is my shepherd, you just say, the Lord is my shepherd. That means I shall not want. No, it doesn't. It, it will mean that. But the Lord is my shepherd means that I am a sheep. And the sheep does not have a life of his own. The sheep is 100% the responsibility of the shepherd. The shepherd tells the sheep where to go. Even when the sheep decides to go in a particular place, the shepherd will go and bring him and do a cross correction and say, no, why are you going that way? This is the way we are going. The shepherd holds the life of the sheep. So, the motivation of a man like David was God. That's why God was able to say that I'm looking for a king. And he came to a house. And there were several people very qualified in the natural. But many of these people, their motivation was wrong. Their motivation was when I become the king. When I become the pastor. When I hold the mic. I know the kind of clothes I'm going to be wearing. This one I'm going to to design my own like this. (laughs) praise God for you but if that's your motivation you may not get there or you will get there with bruises you will get there you will not be the same package that God wants you to have so this morning the question is this what is the motivation because when we say compelled by love we are saying that word compel signifies what drives us when we use the word compel we are beginning to talk about what constrains us what puts us in check Let me tell you this. I think it was one of these uh, philosopher people that an unexamined life is a life not well, is a life not worth living. What does that mean? That means if you have no boundaries, if you have nothing compelling you, if you have nothing defining you, if you have nothing restricting you, if you are a loose cannon, you are a dangerous person. The 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 every time there is power. Every time there is a lot of uh, power available, if there is no control, that power is dangerous. I'm sure many of you will not want to drive a car that moves fast, very fast, like, like lightning, very fast, but has no brakes. Hmm? So, when the Bible says the love of Christ compels us in that scripture, it's saying the love of Christ is our brakes, it can put brakes on me. The love of Christ. When he comes, there are some things I will want to do. He will just come and then pour cold water on me. I will calm down. There are some things I want to say. Even as a man of God, can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Oh, there are some things. I, I have words. I, I have actions. And I have moves. That I want to move in a particular direction. But the love of Jesus. Even as husband. If you are, if you are a husband... And you are not compelled by love. Not just that your wife loves you, but that you are not compelled by the love of Jesus. You're a dangerous man. If you're a wife and you are not compelled by the love of Christ, you're a dangerous woman. Usually people tell you when they are going to a marital relationship, it is the love that matters. It's not, it is the love, but it's which love that matters. It's not just every love that matters it's not just the love that we have for one another it's the love that we have for christ it's the love of christ that matters if i have love for you and i don't have the love of christ my love may not be able to constrain my love for you may not be able to constrain me in love the love of christ is the one that we need to secure and need to maintain and need to relate with that affects every other love so the love it compels it restates. It's a break. It puts us in check. It streamlines us. The love of Christ. Let me read that same verse 14 in different translation because I believe that it will drive home that word compel. I want you to leave this place this morning and let that word compel. Keep ringing in your heart in the month of February. The love of Christ compels. Where In the TPT translation it says, For it is Christ's love that fuels our passion. It is Christ's love that fuels our passion. If you want to be a child of God, you need to understand that you will need something beyond you to fuel your passion. If you, especially in 2024, there will be things that will discourage you. So, how are you going to go on? It's my love. It is the love of Christ that fuels our passion and holds us tightly because we are convinced. That he has given his life for all of us. That means we that means all died in him. The amplifier says, For the love of Christ controls. You know, those guys in the back, they have many controls. There are many things they control here and they don't have to come there. They press button. My question is this: can the love of Christ press from buttons on you? Like you are in the place of prayer, he just press a button and say, Rewind, 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 rewind. <laughs> back to how today went. Go back to church. Look at what you said. Look at how you behave. Can the Lord, does the love of Christ have controls on you? Because some of us, he used to have control but we took the remote control from him and then we have taken it home and taken out the battery so the thing can work. He cannot even say, excuse me. Hmm? Rewind. No, he can't. It's my way or the highway. For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. Aye. The love of Christ controls and urges. It urges. So that means that it doesn't only put us... Because some people, yes, they can be controlled. But it doesn't urge them. They are not urged. They are controlled. So they maintain this silent treatment thing. Their own love of Christ is always controlling them. Always making them just... our retreat. I will retreat. I will not advance. Because that love of Christ is not only to make you retreat. It's also to make you advance. Especially in times when you don't want to advance. When you are not motivated. <laughs> when it doesn't... I mean, the, the wife just said something that was hurtful. The husband just said something that is hurtful. How will you now relate? The love of Christ has to urge you. It has to urge you. It has to urge you to say hi. It has, do you know that even in church, people do um, uh, silent treatment. There are people that don't read themselves in church. do we do that now how can you know you 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 know you know church is a body and to think of a body it means that my right hand and my left hand they are not on talking terms is that not that's what you are doing my my left leg and my right leg they don't talk what are you doing so you are going to walk on one of them you can't so that means that the love of Christ has to urge you. I may not have to do it because of my love for you. But what about my love for Christ? Or the love of Christ? It will impel me. It will urge me. It will control me. See, because we have the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. That means the love of Christ, we will enjoy the fullness of the love of christ when we see the actions of christ that action will tell us that his actions are our action and that the biggest one he wants us to understand from that scripture is that he died (laughs) the love of christ says some things to us one of the things he's telling us is that christ died and when christ died he was not just dying for you alone he was dying as you so you too you died what does that mean It means I am a dead man. Yeah, yeah. I'm a dead man. So, what pastor did yesterday, because I'm dead, I should not feel it for too long. Hmm? Medical people here, you can tell. So, that means the love of Christ has something it will do to you because it did something to Christ himself. It was that love that killed him. And the question is this, has that love affected you to the place where you are dead? Because you see, many Christians want to enjoy the resurrected life, but they don't know the path to the resurrected life is the crucified life. You cannot enjoy resurrection if there is no crucifixion. Paul speaking in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, Galatians 2 and 20, he said, I am crucified with Christ. He said, Nevertheless, I live. I am crucified. My ambition is crucified. My right is crucified. You know, sometimes people say, I know my right. Yes. (laughs) That's how people that are alive, that have not died, that they talk. Because sometimes you can be defrauded. Do you know that if you're a dead man, there are many things that they will do and you cannot respond? Your, Your response is no longer normal, so to say. You don't respond like the people that are still alive in themselves. So, I am crucified with Christ. You and I need to be crucified with Christ. That's why Paul said, Every day I am carrying cross. You know, and I know there's a new creation realities kind of dimension to our relationship with God, where the Bible says, You know, we are now raised together with Him to sit with Him in heavenly places. I understand that. But, you know, and so with that kind of teaching, you may think that, well, when we talk about the cross, we are no more at the cross. We should not be looking at Calvary, we should be looking at the throne. It is true but there is a dimension of daily cross because Jesus said it himself. He said, whoever will follow me must do what? Take up his cross daily. And he even said it before he went to the cross. So it's not something that will end because, oh, Jesus has gone to the cross, so I don't have to take my cross. No, Paul said, I die daily. Why? (laughs) Because I wake up daily too. (laughs) It's like every time I sleep, I wake up again, I will not die. I say, okay, let's die now, let's die now. Because the crucified life is the pathway to the resurrected life. The reason why sometimes you don't experience resurrection is because there has not been crucifixion. Except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and die. It abides alone or there is no resurrection. So the the love of Christ insinuates and suggests that I have to be dead. So the love of Christ, it will constrain us It will move us into the death zone. And in a practical sense, we will no longer be self-absorbed or selfish. The love of Christ, when it begins to find expression in us, it will move us to the place where we are no longer self-absorbed or selfish or self serving Every, when you look at every evil work or most evil work, the biggest issue is self. It is self. It is self. Let, let's, let's look at this scripture. Maybe that's where we'll stop and then we will, because today is Thanksgiving, so we'll see. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, from verse 4 to 8. First Corinthians chapter 13, from verse 4 to 8. Remember, we are talking about the fact that we want to be compelled by love. And I'm saying this morning, if that love is compelling you, if the love of Christ is on the inside of you, that love will put you into a crucified state. And in a crucified state, one of the things that you begin to see in that state is that you are no longer self-absorbed. It's not that you forget yourself, but you will not be consumed by yourself. The average man, And a man that is not crucified or living a crucified life is self-absorbed. Even when he's humble, he's saying he's humble, he's proud about being humble. Hmm? (laughs) He's very, he he, 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 he shows, he he wants you to see that humility. I mean, so there is that self-projecting thing. There is the, uh, the tendency to parade yourself. And Jesus is saying this morning that if the love of Christ is in you, one of the things it will affect is this old self thing. One of the reasons why uh, the devil uh, fell was this self-absorption thing. I, 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 I. And you see that in the vocabulary of these self-absorbed people too. There's a lot of I. I did this. I want, I, I. It's emphasis on themselves. Look at verse 4 now of Second Corinthians, chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, do you have the amplified version? You can give me the amplified version. It starts like this. It says, love endures long and is patient and kind. The love of Christ in me endures long and is patient and is kind. Do you know that this is the definition of a dead person? <laughs> this is the definition. You, you touch a dead, the guy is patient with you. You carry them like they, they, they can be along with you. It is, but some of us that are so alive in ourselves, there's, there's, there's impatience on every level. Every level. We are always in a hurry. We, we, we cannot allow people to learn, we are so impatient. Evolving English. English. Alright, let me read this version here. Yeah, it's Amplified Classic. So maybe, I didn't even know that they had this much difference. Love endures longer and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boil over with jealousy. Can I count I here a little bit? The crucified love, the love of Christ that leaves you into a crucified life. This love will manifest in a way where you are not self-absorbed, where you are not self-seeking, where you are not, it's not all about self. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't take care of yourself. I'm not saying don't remember yourself. No. You, 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 when you follow this crucified life, you, you'll be fine. It will take care of you. And you'll be, you, you, yourself will be fine too. But when you now become, into, you get into this place of envy, competition, I am better than them. There are many people, the way they live their life is always in comparison. They will be doing well, if not for somebody else who is doing differently. Sometimes there is so much joy and everything is okay until they find out what the other person is doing. So for them, their sorrow or their sadness comes when they find out that I'm the only one down here. I'm the only one like this. And then you hear words like this. My mates have gone. I know where my mates are now. See where I am now. If you want to challenge yourself, it's okay. But to compare yourself with other people is useless. It's useless. I live in Aurora. Okay? I thought somebody would say amen to that. Amen. That's that's some sacrifice. And I come here quite a bit. I was here yesterday. You know. Well, I because I'm becoming self, right? So let's go away from that self now and focus on Jesus. <laughs> All right. Now, I live in Aurora. My, the direction of my travel will be different from Shamburg. Do you know that uh, if I pick my car and start to drive now, you know it's, it's unnecessary if Pastor Tiosi begins to wonder that ah, there's traffic on this my own route. Pastor E is going that way. There's no traffic. Why is it like this? Why it is like that, number one? Different destination. We are not going to the same place. So when you understand and accept the love of Christ, you will relate to life from its perspective for you rather than the perspective of the culture or the environment for everybody like you. Ah, I'm 35. My biological clock is ticking. I, I I am I've been in America for so long I decided I there are if almost every category of comparison somebody has broken that ceiling somebody has broken that record oh you are 40 something you have not married there are people that married at 50 and they had big children oh you are so 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 so, so. there are people that have broken that record so the comparison is completely un for them it is happening for us and I will rejoice about it I will dance about it and when I dance about it I won't go and put God under pressure and say by the way God because that's how some people do they will dance for it they will celebrate God for it then they will not say by the way God why did you do it for them and you didn't do it for me no He can do it for them and we can just celebrate them and then go and sleep and then just be fine it is possible it is possible It's high time that children of God we need to pay attention to the fire that this love that we have received from Jesus, this love has some things he's telling us to do. There are some things it, it makes available. You have to accept that it's available, and then seek out that there's an expression from it, from 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 that love. That that love will now make you not to be envious. The Bible says, "Boils over with jealousy." Jealousy. Oh, I've met many jealous believers. Jealous believers. We are jealous for the other brother. Why did he, why why is he the best worker in the church? What what did he do that we didn't all do? Excuse me, it's okay. There's it nothing because I've I've have had those kind of things. What, excuse me, what did he do that made him the best? Sometimes nothing. We just the day they were writing the whoever wrote that best just decided that that is the best. It's, it's nothing, nothing does it have to be, do we have to fight you know, sometimes the way we do even in church, everything has to be quota system you know, you've given now you've given the men this thing, now give the women you know, when we're singing that song the, look and leave my brother, leave, I wanted to say when I held the mic that it's brothers and sisters I'm going to say why, we can say brothers and just go away, you know it's okay because, number one, we are brothers. We are brethren. Amen? Amen! I don't mean brothers in another side of the day. We are, we are brethren. We are kindred people. People with kindred spirit. Amen to Jesus. And even if they address only brothers in a song in church, is that a bad thing? It's not. We, the ladies, will clap for them and say, okay, today we are singing our brothers. <laughs> Next Sunday, we will sing our sisters. Eh? You know, like, uh, I'm a benefit girl, oh. <laughs> We will sing it next week. If we sing today about brothers, we will sing about girls next week. Why must that be an issue? But do you know that it's an issue in church? Some people say, Pastor, I want to see you. I think, you know, we should be inclusive. We should carry everybody along. Men are important. Women are important. And when we begin to emphasize one over the other, we are beginning to do division in the house. You know, all those things are sounding very nice. But the Bible says you are boiling over with jealousy. You are jealous. I was going to use one Nigerian stuff. Let me leave that part. And say how you are doing, what you are doing with logs. But you people don't know that soap. So let me not go there. There are some people who use that soap. But you see, the truth of the matter is that the word of God is very clear. This love of Christ, when it begins to function in and through my life, it will operate in such a way that you will not be envious i will not be envious i will not be jealous it also says it's not boastful or vainglorious it's not boastful i am confident in christ there is a thin line between the confidence of christ and vain glory and boasting even sometimes there's a thin line between testimony and testimony because sometimes when we come and give the testimony we want to show them. I will show them. I will show them. I will show. Huh? The Lord has done it. Oh my mockers What's that for? You you get what you know? They have a ring. Yeah, the ring is there now. The ring is there. Actually, I don't even have a ring today. Is, is it hand that the ring is supposed to be? Vainglory. Boasting. Yes, we can boast in the Lord. But then he said, you have to be, let that love still be constraining you so that your boast will not now be, you are talking about yourself. Vainglory. You glory in things. You glory in things that are passing away. You glory in that. So he says this love does not do glory. It does not display itself utterly. It doesn't carry himself like yeah, you should be confident of who you are in Christ. But the other person too is like you in Christ. Amen.
1: <laughs> we are all
0: seated in heavenly places. You are not the only. You know, sometimes when people read, we are, we, you have been raised together with Christ in heavenly places, they feel like, they, they say, strata. Some of us are raised better than you. They feel like the heavenly places me I'm sitting is different from you. It's the same place. Jesus is sitting there already. You see, to sit together with him, will you be higher than him? No. So don't display yourself Let's let's read one more verse And then let me move on And uh, begin to put this together He says he's not considered Arrogant, inflated with pride Let me say how sometimes pride shows up The way sometimes pride shows up is I know it all I cannot be corrected I'm always right Now we don't usually use those words, but we do those actions. I know what I'm doing. Am I not not the pastor? My name is Pastor E. (laughs) God bless you. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. We don't. It's not the time we know what we are doing. Sometimes people come and ask me, "What are we going to preach?" So 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 so. I I I write all those things down. But I even me even me, I don't I can't tell you all the things I will preach this year. Because I have a boss. And I cannot be pretending that I, I don't know what that I'm doing. I am following a boss, and the boss leads me. He can, I can open my Bible and say, This is what I'm going to teach. i say, excuse me. Who told you to say that one? Shh. I will shut up. And even when he even told me, he has told me what to say, I'm still a human being. We know in part. We even prophesy in what? In part. He's not arrogant, It's not ruly, unruly, unmannerly. He says he's not fretful. So this love of Christ constrains us in this version, in this way. I want you to read that 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 to 8. If you can read it every morning, read it out loud and put your name there. Emmanuel is patient. Emmanuel is kind. Emmanuel does not boil over with jealousy. You see, because these things are the things that make you be on the cross. You He's like, you are crucifying yourself. You, you read it, you say it loud, you internalize it, and you ask God to make it so. Because, ladies and gentlemen, this is how the love of Christ presents itself. The love of Christ constrains us and when we say this love constrains us, it means that I am not self-absorbed to the point where I'm selfish or self-serving. Another thing it does to us is that it pushes me into a place where I am heavenly focused or heavenly useful. Because many times, to be earthly relevant, many people have become heavenly unminded. I, I'm sure my English is not good in that place. Let me, let me rephrase it. To be, to, to be relevant in the now, many people have just uh, messed up the later. Many people, the, 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 their eternal destiny, their relationship with their heavenly citizenship is in jeopardy. Some people travel here, but you know that when you travel, you, you change your time zone to the places that you have gone to and all that kind of thing. Because you want to be relevant to that environment. Sometimes you even change the kind of clothes you wear. But because you are relevant to that environment does not mean that you will throw away your citizenship where you are coming from. That is what many people do. And the love of Christ, what it does to you and me is that, yes, we are in the world, but we'll remember that we are not of the world. 2024, let's let's tell ourselves the truth. Many of us are trying to seek. To really blend in. I don't want to, to, to stand out. I don't want to be different. You are already different. You are from another country. You are not of this world. This, there's nothing to hide about that. The other person that is from this world is showing pushing it to your face and is not apologetic about it. Why do you have to be apologetic about serving Christ? I see some people, they can do everything with Christ with other people that know them like this. Praise God, you sing, they will do all of that in this kind of setting. If they leave the setting, ah, I don't want to be weird. You are already weird. It's too late. <laughs> the Bible said when you gave your life to Christ, you didn't even change. You became another creature. Hey, <laughs> you were almost sapien. Now you are almost spirit. <laughs> you are a new creature. Why are you struggling to be? the old creature you are a new creature so this love of Christ what he does to us is that he compels us to live in our heavenly citizenship we represent that heavenly citizenship in Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 the bible says our citizenship is in heaven our citizenship is in heaven I I just maintain a temporary address here my permanent address is, is there so I, I do not live like I didn't come from there. I do not speak like I didn't come from there. I do not think like I didn't come from there. My thoughts, my words, my actions have to show where I came from. The love of Christ, that's what he does to you and I. It constricts, constricts us. It pushes us that we are going to keep remembering that we are from above. We are from above. We are not even from abroad. We are from above. Because he that is from above is above all. We are from above. So I live like I'm from above. Not just live to dominate things, but live and let those things from above dominate me. Because many of the time, many of us understand the part that I live from above and I let that my above nature make me to be in dominion. I'm in dominion. We see all of that. That's true. But you are in dominion. There is also something that is dominating you because you see the, the way authority works is that if you are not under authority, you can't exercise authority. If you allow the authority of heaven to guide you, to compel you, to constrain you, then you can now exercise the authority of heaven. The reason why some things don't work for us is that we don't bring ourselves under that authority of heaven to control us, but we want to control things. Remember that demon that told the to people that excuse me, we don't know you. We know Jesus. Why? Jesus is under authority. We know Paul. Paul brought himself under the authority of Jesus. When he laid down there, he said, Lord, Lord, Lord. Yeah, he came under the lordship. You don't have a Lord. You cannot Lord us. You command things when you are under the command of God. So that's why Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1 to 2 says, set your affections on things above. In 2024, Set your affections on things above. I know you have heard that Jesus is coming, he's not a liar, he's still coming. He's closer, he's coming closer than the last time they told you that he's coming. He's coming, he's coming, and the truth is this whether he comes from the old world or not, he will one day come for you. So, why are you not familiarizing yourself with your heavenly hope? Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, from verse 1. Uh, verse 2 says set your mind set your affections set your things check your schedule check your life what are things above in that your schedule we have been praying 50 days now some of you have not joined one day you are not setting your affections on things there ah pastor I don't have time nobody has time even the people that are leading bread they don't have time we make time Everybody makes time for what is important to them. Heaven, the things of God, the agenda of God. The, the program of God has to be so important to you that you set your mind there. Some people came here yesterday, they came to pray. Most of those guys, they are supposed to be getting ready for exams. Do they have time? They don't. But how did they make, how did they get the time? They made the time, they created the time. Just like they used to create time to eat. Or create time to Watch their their movies. Some of them are sports people. They will even be watching soccer during summer. <laughs> mm, I, think I don't know. I know. I see some of you. Sometimes I'll just walk past the phone or the iPad. I'll just shake my head. <laughs> set your affection and things above where Christ is. All right. Let me let me end with this one. You see, this love that is contra- constraining us will also affect us. And this part, I feel that many of us may need to work on it. And it is they're affecting us in the way that it will affect us to share with others what we have received from him. It will affect us to share. When we talk about the love constraining us, it will affect us to share. Bible speaking in Romans chapter 5 verse 5. It says the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. So that love was shared abroad in our hearts so that we also will share it. The love of Jesus works best when you share it with others. I know I've seen one of these adverts that says, Is it Coke? It says Coke is very good when you share it with others. It tastes better. I think, excuse me, the love of Jesus tastes better. It's better. When you share it with others How do you share it with others Or in which way should you share it with others You should share with others Because Jesus wants you to know him And to make him known In Romans chapter 1 number 16 Romans 1 16 Paul says I am not ashamed of the gospel For it is the power of God Unto salvation Ladies and gentlemen If you are a child of God You need to live ready To share your God Others need to know about God from you. If you have been living in Chicago and nobody knows about the God yourself, you are not doing well. Because the love of Christ compels us. It compels us. What Jesus would have done if Jesus was here or not, that love compels us to do the same thing. Because it says, what that love does to us is that one person died. It affects all of us. It's a class action. The death of Christ is our death. What Christ would have been doing here on earth will have been going. And the last words that Christ gave when he was here on earth was go ye. Go ye. And today it's still saying go ye. Oh pastor, I thought the go ye was for people like you that you are a pastor. No. In fact, it's, you know it's modern day that we have pastors like me. You know. Even in the days of Jesus, there was no pastor. We, we come to fellowship. We will just hang around and just to have fellowship together. That was how they were doing back in the day. So everybody was told, Jesus told everybody, go. Go ye into all the worlds. And I'm thankful that he said, go ye into all the worlds. Because that all the worlds mean people groups. That all the world means strata of society it means going to your profession if you are a doctor then god has called you to be a doctor for him there his love has to constrain you that you share his love as a doctor i, I, I pastor are you saying now that instead of uh, 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 asking for people's medical stuff and relating with them on medical level should i now be praying for them that's not what i'm saying but it may be part of it to somewhere down the line but it's to be Looking out for openings, looking out for openings where you can share the love of God either through your words or through your actions. Remember that confession that we gave? Said that this time around, the love of God will be seen in my words and in my actions. So, the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts so that we will share that love with other people in our words and in our action. Victory House. I think we should, we, should, we should have a dream this year. Everybody in this house, everybody in this house at least have five people representing your five fingers that you are praying for and do something every month at the minimum for one of those people to communicate the love of Christ to them. To let them know that Christ died for them, Christ loves them and Christ wants them. It doesn't mean you have to bring them to church if they don't come to church that's fine but it means you have to show the love of christ to them by words don't only show it by action because some people when we say things like this they now communicate and uh boils down the love of jesus to action social activities CR, csr you know let's show love let's feed the hunger uh, the, the, the 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 hungry people let's clothe them it's part of it but if you give people clothes if you give them food and you don't give them Jesus. You have not given them anything. You are you you have even done worse to them because you fed them so that the devil will still continue using them. No, you give them Jesus, and then you give them other things too. So this month, I want you to. In fact, right now, if you if you can't do that, I want you to take out a, paper, a sheet of paper, like a note on your phone. Write five names. Next week, I'll give you a card. Write five names. We, we want to do that in this house and it's not just for this house, it's for the Redeemed Christianity of God in the, in the Americas. Five names of people that you want to see come to Jesus. Ah, pastor, that person is a Buddhist. Is a You leave that one to Jesus. You just want to start the sharing of the love for that person. So, write five names. Five names of people that you want to see Jesus uh, touch in this season and beyond. Write five names. Write five names. Some of them may be family members, but at least five names. Some of you may have to write more than five names, but write five names. And every now and then, pray for this name. We will pray for them together in church. In fact, next week, I will have a card for you. You will put those names. I will take those names. I will pray. I don't need to know them. I will pray for them. But you have to start to do something to share this love with them. Because the love of Christ constrains us to share this love so we need to make jesus known we need to make others know about him in first peter chapter 3 verse 15 the bible says we should always be prepared to make the faith that we have we should be prepared to let people know it because people are going to ask us questions, whether they verbalize the question or not they will be curious if you are really letting the love of christ constrain you and when they are curious like that don't be quiet you should be ready to give them a reason for the hope that is in you that is how we practically share the love of Jesus and since this is a Thanksgiving service it's also a way to share the love of Jesus when we make his praises known when we make his praises known we're also sharing his love oh we are we are not wasting the love because you see that sharing the love of Jesus that I'm talking about is that you don't waste the love because the, his love is too much for only one person you give it to other people and then also in praises You share his love. You raise his love to him in the place of praise. In Psalm 66, Psalm 66 from verse 1 to 3. I'll close with that. Psalm 66 from verse 1 to 3. I'm compelled by the love of God. Can somebody say that? Say it like you are compelled. I'm compelled by the love of God. Compelled is also urged. I'm urged by the love of God. Can we say that again? The Bible says here in verse 1 of Psalm 66, it says, Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. Let let me me do it again. You you missed your cue. Verse 1. Make a joyful shout to God, all the earth. And we're going to do the second part in a bit. And I want you to do it very gladly. God has been good to you. Sing out the honor of his name. The Bible says, make his praise glorious. Make his praise known. Beautify his praise. Celebrate him with a dance. Celebrate him with an offering. Be grateful to him. It's, you are not wasting the love of God. You know so many people waste the love of God. Like the other prodigal son that he didn't go out. Because they, everybody in that story was prodigal. The father was prodigal. The first son, prodigal. Prodigal two, so you can say prodigal one. Prodigal, prodigal three, the third guy. He didn't go out, but he still wasted the love. He didn't let the love that was shared abroad in his heart. He didn't let it flow because he, the father loved him, but he didn't know what to do with that love. This is one of the things to do with the love of the father. Respond back to him in praise. Respond back to him in singing. Let's, let's do verse 3. And what do you say when you respond back to him? You says to God, how wholesome are you in your works? I am your work. The work you are doing in my life is your work. How awesome are you in your work? It says, through the greatness of your power, your enemy shall submit themselves to you. So when we sing this morning, we are saying to God, how awesome is your work? I want you to be on your feet and worship to me. You can come here. How awesome is your work? That's what we are doing when we are praising God. But you you need to understand that this this is a response to the love. That Christ has for us. This is a response to the, the, to the love of Christ in our hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are in this room this morning, there is a response that is expected. There is a response that is expected from the love of Christ. I've said quite a number of things, but there is somebody in this room this morning that may say, well, this love of Christ, I want to really operate with it in the month of February. I want Jesus into my heart or I want to rededicate my heart. I want to rededicate my life to Christ This morning, I want you to put your hand on your chest. I'll pray with you where you are this morning because, in the name of Jesus, we all are going to live a compelled life a life that is urged and motivated by the love of Christ. All right, we're going to pray together. Let everybody say this with me, even people that are already born again or are not rededicating their life to Christ and say, Lord Jesus, I receive your love, I believe. You died for me. Right now, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I dedicate my life to you. I will be compelled and moved by your love. In Jesus' name, amen. I also pray for everyone in the house this morning that there's a fresh grace coming upon you. A fresh grace to live from the crucified life so that the love of Christ will find expression in you. In the name of Jesus. And we decree and declare concerning the names that you have written, that many of those names will sit next to you very soon in the church, in the name of Jesus. Some of those names may not sit with you in this church, but they will sit somewhere in another church. They will know Jesus. They will love Jesus. And they will be able to say too that the love of Christ compels me in the name of Jesus. It is so in Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody say a bigger amen?